0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode eight of my podcast, Aussie Talks. I know we've had a couple of weeks break, but I am right back in the action now. We've got a very action-packed episode. We're going to be speaking about the first week or so of the federal election, speaking about sport in Melbourne. I got my big call. I got my 60-second rant, I've got a lot of segments for you here today. So without further ado, let's get into our very first segment of the day, which is the federal election, how Anthony Albanese has had arguably the worst week uh, in the history of federal elections. So unless you've been living under a rock, the federal election has gotten underway, and uh, it's fair to say if there was a reset button, I think Albanese uh, would be pressing it. He said this on, like, the first day of the campaign. What's the national unemployment rate? National unemployment rate at the moment is, uh, I think it's 5.4, sorry, I'm not sure what it is. So that was in in regards to the unemployment rate, and then proceeded to not know the cash rate, uh, which I'll play the clip for here. Every savings account in the country. Do you know the official cash rate off the top of your head? Oh, look, we, we can do the old, uh, old Q&A stuff over, 50 different, you know over, over 50, 50 different figures. He then proceeded to uh, attend a blues fest. Uh, it's a music festival um, last night, and uh, this is what happened. <laughs> So I don't know about you, uh, I'm sometimes a bit hard of hearing, but I'm pretty sure that's a boo uh, from that blues fest. That was not said in the City uh, Morning Herald, who said he got a rock star applause, which is just uh, just rubbish and shows the media in this country. But in regards to the first two clips, this is the Prime Minister. This is a man trying to be Prime Minister. He doesn't know the unemployment rate. He doesn't know the cash rate. The cash rate hasn't changed in 18 months. You know, if it just changed, you know... <laughs> Bit of you know shit happens. You say stuff. You know ScoMo said something today. He said job seeker was forty six bucks a week when it was forty six dollars a day. You know, put your hand up, make mistakes. But this is the thing: the cash rate hasn't changed at all. Albanese, the unemployment rate. Freidenberg put a budget out two weeks ago. And my budget it's just putting us more and more in debt. It's just ridiculous. But that's a separate point. Freidenberg mentioned the unemployment rate about under four percent or sorry, at four percent, a forty eight uh, equal forty eight year record. Something like forty times. Will you fall asleep? He thinks five percent's good. That's what SCOMO said, and that's the only way he's gonna be able to win this election. You go on the economy, you go on defence, and you go on the fact that Labour have a leader who's so misinformed and shooting himself in the foot. It's ridiculous. He's also had to step back on two or three policies this week, Uh, one in regards to illegal immigration and the boats coming, and another into the Medicare and uh, providing temporary visas. This is the Prime Minister. How is he meant to step up? Sorry, this is not the Prime Minister. This is the man who's supposed to be Prime Minister, according to the polls. But these are the same polls that also said that Bill Shorten was going to win the last election. Huh. So it's almost all these polls are full of rubbish. Speaking of polls, though, Albanese has dropped 8% uh, in his preferred prime ministership over the last uh, nine or 10 days. Look, I don't trust polls. I've only been contacted once for a poll and I lied in it myself. They're not accurate. The only poll that is accurate is the one that will happen on April 21st. Sorry, not April 21st, May 21st. The problem is with Albanese compared to Scott Morrison. Now, I'm going to put my hand up right now. Scott Morrison has been average at best. He has been average at best. The economy has done well. I'll put my hand up. I'll say economy is done well. Everything else in terms of PR, in terms of the Parliament House, in terms of sexual assault cases uh, within that Parliament House, um, the Brittany Higgins, the floods, the fires, hasn't been great. His PR manager needs to get the arse because I reckon uh, Fred Flintstone would do a better job being the PR manager of Scott Morrison. But this is a man who you know. You've seen him. He's been in public life, and you know who he is. He's had a Treasury portfolio under the Malcolm Turnbull government. He's had a major role in the Abbott government. He's now Prime Minister. You know who he is. Albanese, you don't know who he is. Yeah. Never hold a Treasury portfolio. Never held any defence portfolio. This man, single-handedly, could cost Labor the easiest election win they've had since the 2007 or the 1983 election. He could. And if that happens, I'm playing a laughing track for 20 minutes straight uh, when it comes to the podcast I'll do around the federal election. There's an old saying is to pick the devil you know, and this is what voters are starting to do. Scott Morrison, again, very average. They know who he is. He remembers the unemployment rate. It's almost like it's his job. Like he gets paid to know that stuff. And Albanese came out. I made a mistake. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna admit my mistakes. It's the worst impression ever. But, mate, how are you meant to stand up to China? What are you gonna do? You're gonna say some lie to China and then go, oh, I made a mistake when speaking to the, you know, the the, the China government and the Chinese government and then I'm going to I'm gonna apologize to them. You can't be apologizing leaders. They don't go around apologizing the whole time. They get shit done. What are you going to do? This is something you got to consider if you're a voter and listen to this podcast. You know Scott Morrison. You know where he stands on all the key issues. You know how he's got a ministry that stands up. Albanese doesn't. He doesn't even know the unemployment rate. He doesn't know the cash rate. He doesn't know what his own policies are. This is a man who attended socialist left committees and everything in the 90s. This is a man who said he wanted to govern like Hawke and Keating in the moderates in the 80s and the 90s. However, he's been on record saying he doesn't like that type of government. He opposed most of what Hawke did. So I'll ask you that question again. Who is Albanese? So if there, like I said, if there was a reset button he'd be pressing it because this is the worst first week in the history of federal campaigning, and I hope it costs him the election because you can't make mistakes like this and, you know, be put in the highest office in Australia. It is now time for a segment that has caught a bit of steam over the last few episodes. It is time for 60 Second rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Now, this rant here is something that I want to go straight to the organisers of F1. And I'm going to have a segment in a minute that speaks about how it was such a great atmosphere. But I want to speak about the cost of things at the F1. And this is sort of a broader thing at sporting events, but I want to specific about the F1. The context of this is that it's $80 for a hat. It's $150 for a polo. I paid $20 for a frozen pizza. So, there is now 60 seconds on the clock. 60 second rant. 3 2 one we're underway now would anyone in their right mind pay twenty dollars for a goodness gracious me a frozen pizza there was the only thing that was really didn't have a massive queue you got to get there at 8 30 in the morning to queue up and actually get a spot at the f1 there was a hundred and thirty thousand people there what am i supposed to do to get some food you can't bring food in because they security check everything unless you bring in like a packet of chips or something twenty dollars for a frozen pizza $6 for a soft drink $5 for water <laughs> it's just ridiculous and don't even get me started on the merchandise $80 for a hat it was $79 for a ticket and it took cost $80 for a hat that hat better cure cancer or something with it $80 for a hat, $79 for tickets get this stuff sorted here you haven't had F1 in three two three two years two years in Melbourne and you bring back and you bring their profits back straight away get it sorted it's a joke $20 for a frozen pizza $6 for a soft drink is a complete joke. Get it sorted because people will not... They don't have an alternative. they got to do it. That's the problem. So they just get all the money. That's the 60 seconds done. Six dollars for a soft drink. I'm not joking about that. It's a disgrace. Australia, his three previous career wins have come from pole. Make that four career wins from pole position as Charles Leclerc takes the fastest lap of the race and wins the Australian Grand Prix. Now, I want to speak about... The F1 in Melbourne. Now, I spoke about it briefly in the 60-second rant segment, but I want to speak about it in a more broader sense and how it brought back so much atmosphere, so much energy to the city of Melbourne, which has been deprived of it for the last two years due to what has happened with the COVID and the lockdowns and the craziness. Now, don't get me wrong. 2020, they had to cancel the Grand Prix. Had to. COVID at the time. 2021 should not have been cancelled. All these international borders and Dan Andrews being the moral, self appointed moral compass of who comes in and who doesn't. But there's other things. We haven't been able to go to the footy. We haven't been able to go to the basketball. There's so many things we weren't being able to go to that have been brought back so much in the last sort of four to five months here in Melbourne with the ridding of some of these COVID rules that have brought back a spirit to a city that was so dead. F1, it was the first time I've ever gone. The atmosphere was electric. I think it was 420,000 people who attended the F1 event over the four days. That is the record for f F1 weekend. Now this is a city that has been deprived of it for the last two years of F1, and it was massive. I had a grandstand ticket. Sorry, I didn't have a. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't have a grandstand ticket. I didn't have 250 bucks to just throw down the drain. Um, but I went on a general admission ticket. We we're pretty much standing shoulder to shoulder, me and a mate, and it really was a great experience to see the cars up close like that. Don't get me wrong, the race was it was an average race. Leclerc led from start to finish. Uh, signs crashed right in front of us, which is pretty. Uh, Obviously, I say cool to see. You never want to see that, but it was pretty cool to see that action. Um, but it, there was a bit of spirit that you know it, it put tingles down your spine just being there. You know what we were doing in 2020 in Melbourne? We were locked up. We were closing playgrounds. We weren't be able to. Get, we weren't able to leave the house for more than an hour. Now, because we got through all that shit, we're back. Melbourne is the sporting capital of Australia and potentially the sporting capital of the world. And we are slowly earning that back with good crowds at footy, with good crowds at the NBL, with good crowds at the NRL and with brilliant crowds at the F1. It begs the question, why would they ever consider getting rid of the Australian Grand Prix or getting it away from Melbourne? Because I'm telling you, I know other cities, they wouldn't turn out like this. You know, they they're too posh up in Sydney. Adelaide that all, you know, no chance, you had the Grand Prix and you lost it. But I just wanted to stress in this segment here how Melbourne and Victoria as a whole really has that spirit that has been lacked over the last two years and it's really great to see it come back. I really hope it continues. And I really hope that people aren't gonna be burnt out because they've done nothing for the last two years. So that spirit And that pride and that culture, it's back. Melbourne, as a city, is back. And it's not because of our leaders. It's because of every single individual who has fought through the last two years and now able to enjoy the good moments, whether it comes to sport or something else. So, our spirit is back. And let's hope it continues. It is now time for the fan favourite, Jordan's Big Call. Now, before I make another big call, I must admit success. Yes, finally, I have a big call that has come off. In episode two of Aussie Talks, I came up with this big call, and I was criticised. I was said it was said that I knew nothing about the NBA. All my Laker friends were like, "Nah, mate, you, you, nah, you, you're kidding yourself. We're making the playoffs." So I said this in episode two of Aussie Talks, that the Los Angeles Lakers will not make the playoffs. Now, I want to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, how many of you would have made the call on Australia Day, the 26th of January, 2022, that the Lakers would have missed the playoffs? They were going all right at the time. They were about the fifth or sixth seed. They were struggling a little bit, but they were, you know, relatively comfortable. How many of you would have doubted LeBron? How many of you would have doubted Anthony Davis? Not too many of you. But yours truly has made a brilliant call here. And I know I'm tooting my own horn here, but i uh, it's my big call, so I could do, get to do what I want. But LeBron brought in Russell Westbrook, his boy, brought in Carmelo Anthony. Now, Melo is there a bit longer, so that might be a bit unfair. But brought in Westbrook, $40 million contract, rubbish. He shot 9% for the first month after the All-Star game from three-point land. 9%. You give me open looks, I'm making them. 9%. So... That's one in the win column for the big call. I've got a couple that are still pending, including Liverpool winning the league, which will be touch and go. We'll be very close. Hopefully they can get up or win the quadruple. Another pending one is that West Coast will finish bottom four. That's looking pretty decent at the moment, considering that it was 56-0 before they scored against Sydney on the weekend. And I have another one pending that the Western Conference Finals will involve the Memphis Grizzlies. But the big call I'm making today is one you will not know into until that last day in September, till that last game in the AFL, and that is that the Brisbane Lions will win the AFL premiership. Now it might seem a bit uh, misguided to back a team that has consistently uh, let us down in finals, and that's just a fact. 2019 they lost in a semi to GWS at home. 2020 they missed a golden opportunity to probably win the flag. They would have played in a grand final at their home home deck, which would have been you know something that you don't see. Obviously, with the, the COVID pandemic, and in 2021, they lost in a heartbreaking semi uh, to the Bulldogs, where Bailey Smith kicked a, uh, a basically the, one of the most clutchest goals you've seen, and they were able to get over the line by a point. But uh, they're going to be different this year, and there's several reasons why. One, Joe Danaher. He started like a house on fire. He's currently equal first in the Coleman with the likes of Tom Hawkins and Big Max King. Look at Lockie Neal. He's fit this season. He's currently fourth in disposals at 32.4. Now, I know it's early days, but it's just something to watch. Joe Danaher is the leading forward when it comes to marks, and a big uh, sort of underappreciated uh, player, he's a bit like a Callum Wilkie uh, for St Kilda, is Marcus Adams. Right now, he is 43rd in, uh, in marks, and when it comes to intercept marks, he is in the elite category, uh, and he's actually one of the best in the competition when it comes to that sort of stuff. If we look at a team in terms of their stats they're currently first in marks first in points first in goal assists first in rebound 50s second in points against fourth in clearances and uh yeah that's basically the major stats there that you want to be leading in they're 14th in tackles so their pressure probably needs to go up a little bit more and that will come when they get a bit fitter throughout the season that sort of stuff and hit out see 15th but their ruckman isn't particularly uh incredible this team here With those stats, first in points, first in marks, first in goal assists, they are able to do things. This is a midfield group. That have now been together for several years. They now sort of have got a bit of consistency. They don't have guys coming in and out of the side so much. Obviously, Lockie Neal, Brownlow medal winner. There's not much more that needs to be said. He's fit now, so he's able to get consistent games under his belt. Uh, You know, you look at other blokes in there Berry, who's had a pretty good season to start here. Um, Obviously, McCluggage and Rayner. Look, I'm not big on Rayner myself, but he does get the job done when he uh, is on, although his miss against Geelong the other week was one of the worst I've ever seen it's their back six I've just mentioned mentioned Adams before with his intercept marking Harris Andrews is another one uh, he's when it comes to intercept marks he is in the above average category and when it comes to uh, contested one on one he is the best in the competition when it comes to that sort of stuff that's what You need to do. You need to win these crucial stats. And I think with the game becoming so analytic, you can look at these and sort of see, okay, who's going to be the competitors for the flag this year? Now, I will say, I don't think Brisbane are the best team in the competition. I will say Melbourne are the best team in the competition. Now, they're first on the ladder, so it's pretty easy to say that. But it is very hard to win back-to-back. It is very hard to win back-to-back. You know, they've had their high last year. Oh, you know, I wouldn't mind them winning it again, but I just think Brisbane—they've had quite a few years of disappointment in the September. It's got to go right for them at some stage. They've got a better team this year. You know, Rich is still playing very well off halfback, although he had an average game on Thursday night. It's One of the best kicks in the AFL. They've got guys developing. They got young guys coming through. I really do like where this team is headed. They've got speed. They've got height off coming off half back, which allows them to lead in uh, inside fifties. Stasevich, as well, is also playing quite well for them. He's someone who's sort of developed really well over the last few years. Um, and yeah, obviously Eric Hipwood. I don't know when he comes back in, but that's another person who will add back to the team uh, quite a, a crucial crucial role. So there's your call. You can come back to me in September, um, whether it's right or wrong. I'll be gladly wrong if uh, to. If the Saints were to win it, I'll, I'll take that. But, yeah, Brisbane will win the uh, the grand final. All right, that is the end of Episode 8 of Aussie Talks. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. We spoke about the federal election today. We spoke about the spirit of sport coming back in Melbourne and the pride that was lost over the last two years. We spoke about... Uh, my sixty-second rant, which is the cost of things at the F1, and that's a broad thing that I hope somehow gets sent to them, and something changes of that. And then we spoke at my big call just then. I'd like to first of all say sorry for the last three and a half weeks or so where there hasn't been an upload. Uh, I'm going to try and work on my consistency a bit better to try and promote this podcast. So, if you got friends who you know like sport, like politics, just like listen to podcasts give us a recommend on the Aussie Talks podcast. You know, I've been trying to promote it a bit more over the last couple of weeks um, and it's actually worked out pretty well. So yeah, you got family and friends, tell them about it uh, and that's how we can grow this community and we can get more guests and uh, things on the show. Got some very exciting things planned for the next few weeks of this podcast and I can't wait to show those uh, with you. But I'll share those with you. But Thanks for listening once again. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Cheers.